Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? It's Sam here again. Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am here today with a guy that is uh, he's got an outstanding resume. Very lucky to have him come on here and uh, talk with us. Uh, he is a leadership coach, a uh, former military, and now the owner of the Champion Leadership 24-Hour Challenge, um, Mr. Nate Bailey. Nate, it is an honor to be talking to you on the show today. Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Dude, I'm great. I'm really good. And uh, a huge thanks to Zach Babcock for uh, for connecting the two of us. I know you're a part of his podcast group as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Zach's a, a great dude. We've uh, he's he's come to uh, one of my events, actually this one right here, Championship Leadership, and uh, I've been a part of his coaching program for almost two years now. He's come and spoke at my event. So yeah, I've I, I gotten a chance to know Zach really well. And and I know that he, uh, if he's got somebody in his crew that uh, in his group that he vouches for and uh, like, cause he doesn't have anyone that isn't legit and isn't a good person. So I'm just excited to be able to be uh, connect with you and, and be here on your podcast today. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. But man, Nate, where on earth do I start with you? Um, you have the championship <laughs> The Championship Leadership 24 Challenge. Um, you've got the Championship Leadership Podcast. You've got a 100-mile mindset, which is a book. Uh, you do mindset coaching. You do leadership coaching. I mean, Jesus, where do I where do I start with you, man? Tell us tell us your story, because I know it um, from your bio. I know it starts out in uh, around 2005 out in Kuwait when you were in charge of about 40 guys out there leading them. So give us a little bit of background into who Nate is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, if I if I go back, really from, I don't know, maybe let's say high school, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Playing playing high school athletics, was captain of many of the sports teams. That was a small high school, so nothing special there. But uh, but yeah, I, I uh, always gravitated towards leadership positions. Went and played college or college football. Uh, uh, have a teaching degree, coached high school, college athletics, entrepreneur for many years and in, in many different uh, industries. I was in the insurance business for a long time, owned a CrossFit gym. But, I, you know, I just always found myself gravitating towards being a leader in, in leadership positions. And and that's kind of what brought me to where I am today um, as a coach, in, uh, leading other men and women across the country uh, in their lives, you know, helping helping them to level up inside of their business to become championship leaders. Um, like you said, was a was an officer in the army and, and uh, spent some time in Kuwait, about twelve months over there. Uh-huh. And so yeah, that was a that was, I mean that's leadership. Like you talk about leadership training, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, full yeah. on immersion leadership training as being responsible for forty guys for. Really, it was 15 months. We had uh, like three months of training uh, leading up to the deployment in Kuwait for a year. So um, plenty of experiences there to draw upon to help me in what I do today. Of course. Yeah. One thing I've learned over the years is that that people seem to desire leaders. Um, If you start leading, people will follow. Um, So 
I see you've got a book here, uh, The 100 Mile Mindset. So before we go too much deeper into leadership, tell me a little bit about the book and the journey in writing that book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a big part of my story is really almost six years ago now, which is just crazy how fast time flies, but really about six years ago was kind of the culmination of me just, you know, kind of being um, sick of where I was at in life, not, <laughs> not happy. Um, mm -hmm. From the outside looking in, maybe looked happy, had been married for, well, we're going on 20 years now, so we we're married for about 14 years at the time, had right. three, three wonderful kids, which we still do. And, um, you know, not showing up how I would like to as a father and, uh, you know, divorce was on the table, definitely inside of my marriage at the time and had these businesses, but had a lot of things going on, was also in some real estate, which I still, still do, uh, have investment properties across the country. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, a lot of things going on, but really nothing focused, not happy, overweight, not a shape. And so, I say all of that to say that that's kind of when I went in this journey of like, all right, enough's enough. I got to go find someone or something to help me figure this out because I clearly can't figure it out myself. Was there and, a particular catalyst for that? Was there an incident that caused that? Or was it just you woke up one morning and you, you'd had enough? I think it was, you know, uh, as weird as it might sound, the catalyst was I came across an ad on Facebook. and So I wasn't really <laughs> even looking for it. I didn't even know that this world that I'm now in existed right i didn't really know there and six years ago was really kind of right just before it, it exploded and it and it feels like there's a lot of coaches out there now right right and, and it's good because coaches are important and they can really help people get to where they want just like it did for me so yeah i came across this ad for uh garrett j white the, the a program yeah. called wake up warrior mm -hmm. and um that really actually you know it just it opened a lot of opened a lot of doors for me and it also helped me to get what I needed to get, to get on the path that I am today. Um, you know, you never, nothing's ever perfect, um, but, but I've come a long way. I've progressed a lot. And it was so, it was kind of through that experience, through the people that I met there. Um, Wait, did you get punched in the face there then? Was that <laughs> because it, it did. my last guest, uh, Cliff Latham, that was on, on the show last week? Oh, Cliff. Uh, yeah, oh, you know Cliff. All right, oh, so small, yeah, yeah. small world. Then Cliff and I have been friends about uh, oh, 15, 16 years now. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, I, I know Cliff. Uh, did you punch him? Not very well, fairly well. No, I, you know, <laughs> I, he went through a different week than I did, not too nice. long before me, but uh, it was around that same time. Um, but yeah, I did, I, I punched others in the face more than I got punched <laughs> in the face. But I, I did get punched in the face a few times and uh, I, I liked I, I liked that. It was it was good, you know, I mean right. not too many places you can go to to do that and let some things out that, that might be kinda sitting there pent up for a while. So yeah, I guess that, that. that was a big part of that experience. But so um it was really through that that I um, even though I wouldn't own a CrossFit gym at the time too, right? I was still, I was in this, this phase of like lifting weights and just kind of getting strong, but not healthy. Right. I was, right, I was right. heavy and out of shape. Yeah. I saw uh, some of those pictures in your bio. You, you don't really hide it though. You, you kind of own that. So, so well done. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well done for yeah. That. No, yeah, it is. It's a part, definite part of, of me and my journey. So, um, you know, there was a, the event called seal pick a coral that a lot of folks from warrior were going through at the time. And, I had known about Seal Fit Coral for years prior to that, 
Um, and so it was just the catalyst to get me to actually sign up and go through that. And it was, it was going through that and doing what was required to be successful or to attempt to be successful that really kicked off. This is a long way of saying, getting back to your question about the book, <laughs> really kicked off this journey of me um, signing up for big, uh, scary races and experiences like this because I saw what it did for me. I saw the results of having that in front of me, that goal in front of me, mm -hmm. and then having to do what's required and yet not taking, not, not at the sacrifice of my family, not at the sacrifice of my business, but you know, the discipline, the dedication that's required to do something and get prepared for something that big and then to go and also be successful in other areas. So I lost over 45 pounds in about six months to get ready for that. And, and that's you know, awesome. like a half marathon and did a lot of things to get prepared and was successful one on nine out of 28 people that showed up to finish. And, and so then, you know, kind of from there, it was what's the next challenge. And the next challenge ended right. up being a hundred mile run to see if I could had what it took to run a hundred miles. Yeah, right? That's really, that's really fucking far to be fair. Yeah. That's a really <laughs> <Yeah>. long way. <laughs> it is, it is definitely is. And, um, you know, there's so many lessons that you learn when you would, and you know, it was a hundred miles for me. I always say this, it could, it could very well be a 5k for someone else, right. Depending mm -hmm. on where you're at really in the beginning, it was just a 5k for me. I didn't, I wasn't out running marathons. So it was kind of a couch to 100 mile, but um, you know, I'd done the seal picket coral. So I'd put myself in some challenging situations that helped me prepare for the hundred mile. But, you know, for somebody that hasn't done anything for a really long time, might find themselves just really out of shape and overweight. Mm -hmm. A 5k is just as challenging. And the hundred mile mindset is hopefully something that someone could adapt, even if, you know, and anything that they take on that's challenging for them based on where they're at in life. And so it was just my journey on, on, and taking on this 100 miles and seeing if I could do it. I failed two times prior to the third attempt where I was successful, learned a lot along the way, met a lot of incredible people, was actually able to go and see some incredible places that I wouldn't have ever seen had I not taken these challenges on and put myself in those situations. Sure, I have sure. some, some relationships uh, by putting myself in these situations, whether it's through coaching programs mm -hmm. or something like Seal Fit Kokoro, one of the coaches at Seal Fit is actually a partner of mine now that helps me run this. Right. Like he's one of the coaches at Championship Leadership 24 Hour, a former Navy SEAL. When I I didn't know him other than Coach Tree at Kokoro, right? Right. And I was like, he just had this presence about him that like, man, you don't want to get on the, the wrong side of this guy, <laughs> right? And I did also I had this weird sense of I didn't want to let him down for some reason which right. is I don't know if that makes sense but I didn't know him but he just he just had this way about him that made me not want to like disappoint him and I, it probably wasn't even possible for me to disappoint him in his right. mind but in my mind you know no, kind of was so I totally understand that I yeah I do have one question though coming out of this is um yeah, I don't know if you uh, you listen to Andy Frisella or not. Um, I'm a little I'm, bit. Well, I'm doing the 75 hard program uh, for the yeah. sec the second time. Uh, you know, the first time I injured my calf, I was 40 46 days in. Wow. Um, 
but hey, I'm better now, so I'm I'm back yeah. on it again. Good. And you know, this morning the the alarm's going off and it's ten minutes till five, and I'm thinking, well, I really don't want to get out of bed. It's thirty five degrees outside. It's quite windy, and the little bitch voice starts to kind of kick in yeah. at the back of your head. How do you go from 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 somebody that's you know a little bit overweight, maybe drinks a little bit too much? How do you trigger that mindset and develop that mindset to be able to get over that little bitch voice and get out of bed and drive yourself to achieve the stuff that you achieve every single day? Was is there some kind of catalyst we can hit on on there that gets this, gets the job done? Yeah, that's it's kind of like the million dollar question, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. <laughs> that's why we asked it. <laughs> asked this question and. You know, it's you could you could simplify it down to you just got to want it bad enough and you just got to have something big enough in front of you to go to to trigger that to to make the pain of getting up at five uh, basically feel like nothing compared to the pain of if you don't do it right. Yeah. Meaning there's something big enough in front of you. There's this big, you know. It's not, it's kind of cliche at this point. That's why I, I hesitate to say it. But like, you got to have that why, right? You got to have right. this reason that's driving you that's big enough to be like, gets you excited to get up at five. Or even if you're not extremely excited to get up, you get up anyways because you just know <laughs> um, that you that you you know what's possible or what you're what you're trying to achieve. Um, but I would also say that it's just a, it's time too, right? Um, I just had a podcast today with a guy named Charlie Engel, who's mm-hmm. done some incredible, crazy stuff. He's yeah, I caught, I caught a little bit of it on the, on the Facebook yeah. Live this morning. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, David Goggins, you know, it's kind of made Badwater 135 popular. Well, Charlie Engel was doing Badwater 135 before, you know, Goggins even knew about it. Right. And, uh, and he's done some crazy stuff himself. So he's just, and I kind of asked him the same thing. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's like anything um, in your life where you just, over time, you give yourself some grace. If, hey, you maybe you don't get up at five this morning. Uh, what are you going to do tomorrow, right? right. I, I call it the integrity bank where every single day you put little deposits into your bank account, your mm-hmm. integrity bank account, just like your financial bank account. If you try and make a withdrawal from your bank account and there's no money there, they're going to charge you a fee and they're not going to give you any money, right? That's that's um, the truth. Yeah, the integrity account is different because it's really up to you. Like people are making withdrawals and they don't have any money in their integrity bank. So you you build up your balance by doing the little things every single day be, by becoming a person of your word. Dude, and I like that. I like that. Just, that's what it comes down to. And the person you need to become your word to first and foremost is yourself, right? Because you probably don't tell anyone else that you're getting up at five a.m. Or that you plan on getting up at five, except for everyone that listens to the podcast. So yeah, so if you know, so no one knows if you if you got up or not, or no one knows that you you told yourself you're going to get up and you didn't. That's correct. But every yeah. time you do that, it's just like taking a, a withdrawal from your account. And so the, the point of becoming your word and making those just deposits every single day is just doing the little things every day. If you say you're going to work out, work out. If it didn't happen at three three o'clock in the afternoon when you said it would, because something popped up. Are you, are you going to do it at 10, 10 p.m. when you have time to do it later on that day, which is really a lot of what 75 hard is all about, right? It's, it's getting yeah. it in no matter what. You see people posting all the time. I'm out here. It's 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to, but I'm doing it because I'm doing 75 hard and I said it would. It's, they're talking about the integrity bank, Yeah, what I yeah, call for, the integrity bank. For real. Is they're doing what they said they would. And over a 75-day period, you ingrained some pretty uh, incredible habits. 
and a mindset that will in the future when you don't want to get up or when you don't feel like it you do it anyways because mm -hmm. you've created you've, you've become a different person the, the the two hardest parts for me are waking up and working out um the afternoon workout the evening workout is fine but waking up getting out of bed going working out it's a grind and then drinking a gallon of water is um That's a lot isn't it Provided you can get it done before six o'clock, you're, you're you're okay. But yeah. boy, if you're out after six o'clock drinking now, <laughs> I think the the first night I was back on seventy five hard, I, I woke up four times in the night to pee. Um, <laughs> just far too many times. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, drink drinking a gallon of water sounds easy, but it actually Not takes easy. some discipline. You got to get up yeah. and uh, get up and do it. So, um, all right. As we're going on in uh, in life and in business, I noticed you come out of uh, of the insurance world, and uh, you got out of that in 2018. Now, this uh, this podcast is based and it's called the Small Business Surgeon, and we really like to talk about things that uh, that you got wrong. Now, I was listening to one uh, this morning. A couple of friends of mine have a podcast, and um, they they were talking to a guy that was the the king of meat in uh, in his uh, in his region in the northeast and uh, he had failed twice he had gone bankrupt twice before he turned 40 and he was on there sharing that so not that you have ever uh, approached bankruptcy but can you share with the audience maybe a time that you failed or a time that you felt like giving up and what you did uh, to get over that yeah absolutely um you know yeah so i sold actually it's really weird because today is the day that I sold my agency three years ago in 2018. Mm -hmm. So it's actually the, the anniversary of that. That anniversary, huh? Um, yeah, and so, you know, being in the insurance business is not easy at all. Um, no one loves to talk to their auto and home insurance agent <laughs> uh, unless they have uh, a reason to, which means either the rates went up or they got in an accident and they need it, right? Mm -hmm. And And then, you know, are they going to be happy with the claims process? You know, 90%, not 90% of the time, but there's a lot of times where they're, they're not, they think they should get more than they should. So it's, it's not an easy uh, industry to be in. It, it definitely is a character builder. And uh, there was a lot of rough moments in, in, in that I, you know, I started my insurance career in 2004. Oh, wow. Working so for another agent. And then, it was you know i have that entrepreneurial spirit and i was like oh, i don't want to build a business for somebody else i want to go do it myself and so i i went to uh, work for farmers who most people have heard of farmers insurance and yes, uh, and then i got deployed like three or four months after that so i had to put everything on hold come back pick that back up um about a year year and a half later switched companies to country financial mm -hmm. another captive company and uh was there for about four four and a half years before i went independent and every time i switched companies i had to start from scratch oh you know, wow you'll talk to some some people that will buy an agency and they mm -hmm. have a, a client base to work from right away um, every time I, I started, I started from scratch, you know, I was able to, to carry over some clients, of course, with me, but you know, it's going through that whole process of you gotta, you gotta get a hold of them, you gotta convince them to stick with you and, and to rewrite them into a new policy. And, and uh, so it's, it's easier said than said than done. And, and so there's a lot of perseverance that comes through that. But, um, you know, three years ago today is when I sold my agency, you know, kind of burnt the ships, if you will, uh -huh. to do what I do today, which is a uh, full-time as a, as a coach. And 
you know, like I said, there's a lot of coaches out there <laughs> and, you know, it's almost not that much different than being an insurance agent, right? You, you, right. you really got to find a message, find out who it is that you uh, are going to be working with, how you can help them. Why should they uh, come to you versus the other 10,000 coaches out there? And uh, I went, was in a partnership with, with a friend of mine um, for about three, three and a half years. And then, you know, COVID hit right this year. Right, right. And in May, I decided to go like just 100% full time, left my business partner and started again from scratch, essentially um, to completely on my own, 100% my own programs during a worldwide pandemic, probably <laughs> not the best time to do something like that. But, but, you know, something inside of me was telling me just like something inside of me told me it was time to, to, either switch companies or to sell my agency. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just have that personality that once I feel like it's time to move, it's time to move because too many other things will, will get in the way and I can be a little bit of a, out of integrity if I'm not happy somewhere. And I know that I should be somewhere else. And uh, again, the timing isn't always the easiest and it's probably taken a few, few years off my wife's life, <laughs> um, you know, cause she's not risk averse like I am. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just been a lot of challenges that way. Um, the CrossFit gym starting that while I have a full blown insurance agency and that's right. work partnerships that, that kind of failed and, and didn't work as, as I hoped they would. And, and so, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of perseverance, a lot of sticking to what it is that I really feel called to do on the moments when, um, you know, all signs are probably telling me I should go find something else to do. Right. You know, it's like, man, this is, when's it going to hit? When's it going to break open having the belief in myself, but, but not maybe fully seeing the results yet. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. And just having that uh, perseverance, if you will, to, to stick through it, to stick to it to see it through, um, which is probably how I ran hundred miles is the same thing. You know, there's plenty of moments in a hundred mile race where I want to quit. Right. Um, right. It'd be easy to quit, but I'm like, man, no, I'd, for too long in my life, I, I went through life. I would do things half-ass or I would kind of what I would say, take it to the five yard line and I wouldn't punch it in the end zone. I'd, I would just be like, Oh, that's good enough. And um, so I think really the mo- all of those things have helped me to, to quit comparing myself to everyone else and saying, well, I'm better yeah. than 70 or 75% of the people out there. And that's good enough to being like, no, I don't care what anyone else is doing. What matters most to me is do I do what I say I'm going to, can people count on me when I tell them that I'm going to do something? And, and that's what matters most in life. I think is really, you know, can you be trusted? Are you a person of your word? And uh, when you can get to that place, I think a lot of things fall in place for you. <laughs> that, that was our, that's our number one core value around the office. Uh, it's a combination. It's do what you say you're going to do and show up on time every time. That's our yeah. number, number one core value around here. Our stories aren't terribly, uh, terribly different, Nate. Um, I'm surprised we're actually a, a much closer match than I thought. You're, you're just a few, uh, a few hundred miles further down the, uh, down the road than I am. But um, from, from everything with the, the business and the self-doubt and uh, um, do I keep going? Do I quit? Do I go get a job? I mean, what would guys like us do? I mean, there is no getting a job that, that satisfies the yeah. desire that we've got to do stuff. Right. 
Um, for me, my biggest obstacle in moving forward with with going out on my own and, and setting up my own companies was was in my head. It was my my mindset. It was me thinking I wasn't good enough. Uh, it was me thinking I didn't belong in the room. I, I suffered uh, immensely and still do to a point with uh, with imposter syndrome. What would you say the the biggest obstacle you faced in uh, jumping out on your own and, and you know getting rid of the insurance business and rolling up your sleeves and, and moving into coaching? What was the biggest obstacle that you overcame on the way to that journey? Yeah, a lot of what you just talked about is probably the one of the biggest hurdles to get through is you know a lot of people know you not as the coach but as the insurance agent or whatever it is you did before that right <laughs> and so they're like yeah who are you what are you mm-hmm. who are you what are you doing like you got a podcast you're writing books you mm-hmm. like who, who do you think you are right which is a lot of the the imposter syndrome of who do I think I am to be able to go out and do that and so again it was just I don't know another trait of mine is just being too stubborn to quit right um, or too dumb to quit um when when all the signs again are saying I probably should, it's probably the right thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, a big part of me getting to where I am today, and I think this just continues to evolve and I continue to to get, I guess we'll call it more certainty every day and every year that passes by. But when I first said that I wanted to be a coach was, you know, almost six years ago when I first went through that program and, and found out that that there was, that you could do this and you could do it for a living. And and so I had to go through that. I started from where I was at, though, and I didn't sell the insurance agency right away, but I, I did, you know, I did like a, a little seminar and I invited some friends and people that I knew and and uh, and I brought them through a coaching program and I charged them a few dollars. <laughs> and then <laughs> did, you know, how did you how, how did you structure the charging on that? Did you did you get them to pay right away or was it five dollars or was it a hundred dollars? Or because, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I did. Uh, I did it the very first I did a like a, a three hour, I don't even know what I called it, that probably like a workshop or something. I don't even uh-huh. know what I called it. But I was like, and these guys were just like, what is this? What? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, but they were, you know, they were friends. So they just they, they came anyways, right? And right. uh and it was awesome. And we had a good two, three hours together. And uh and then I had it, I gave them an opportunity, like let's to go to work together for 90 days and and uh and i charged a thousand dollars for it i think i had two people actually wrote me checks which was kind of crazy and that's awesome uh, and one of them i did like a trade with some for some work he was a video guy so he did Mm -hmm. some video stuff with for me there was three of them to start out and uh yeah and i i I charged a thousand bucks i didn't really know anything different and my my coaches at the time were kind of talking me through all right hey you need to do this you need to do this Mm -hmm. and i would just go do what they told me to now i realize that that's kind of an exception in in the coaching world you got a lot of clients that'll pay you money and they won't go do what they paid right yeah they won't implement it and so here i am i didn't know any different i was just like well yeah I, i paid a lot of money for this coaching program it was a lot of money and I was like, I'm, <laughs> you tell me what to do. I'm going to go do it because my way wasn't working. And so uh, when I went and I said, all right, I, I did this. And I went and I talked to him and the, I got a few guys coming in. They're like, well, what'd you charge? And I was like, well, uh, I told them a thousand dollars. They're like a thousand bucks because they're like, when they first started, they would charge like 250 or 500. They're mm-hmm. like, Nate Bailey's coming out of the gates charging a thousand. Well, I didn't know any different. And I knew what I had just paid, yeah. which was nothing compared to the thousand dollars. 
So I was yeah, like, come on, on swinging. Like it's, it's a steal. <laughs> well, I, I've been, I've been lucky enough, uh, again, through, through Zach mainly, um, and through apex that I'm a part of, um, I've been lucky enough to hang out with some high level coaches, um, mm -hmm. on a, on a social level. And they tell me the exact same thing, you know, about 80% of people that start coaching programs, never finish them. They, they don't execute on them. And, uh, yeah. Top tip to anybody listening, uh, number one, the most important stuff I've ever invested in was myself and coaching for myself. Yeah. And number two, the most important thing you can do with coaching is, uh, as they say in Apex, and I quote, do the fucking work. Uh, you know, show, show up and do the work. So, uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting that you say that. Do, do you find it's about the same kind of deal? People drop out or, or are you, you're a little bit better at keeping people on track because, uh, I mean that military um, back that military background might uh, you, you might scare a few people here. Yeah, I uh, no, I, I I have I I've definitely seen similarities. Where there are a, a number of people that will will pay, will invest, and and won't follow through. Uh, at the same time, you know the people that I've have and that I work with, um, it's a little bit of a it's it's a good investment. It's not by any means the highest investment out there it's not more than some of the investments i've made in myself um but uh it's a good chunk of change and uh it's just a, it's when you attract the right people the, your people what mm -hmm. i would call my people um you know they're, they're going to do the work and if they don't it's also part of my job is to call them on that as a coach to not just be buddy buddy and and tell them what they want to hear but what they need to hear and of course uh, yeah I, I take that as a responsibility is you know they're investing in me and that's part of the deal is that i need to to help them get where they want to go and remind them of the things that they said that they wanted when we first started working together to get them back on track so that's um, a that's a good coach right there yeah it's a good coach all right so i got I, I got a couple more questions for you uh before we wrap up um so one thing I ask all my guests is um, I'd like you to think about this for just a second and offer a piece of advice to somebody that's just getting started out in business. What was one thing that really stood out to you that you'd do a little bit differently if you had to go back and start over? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a pretty easy one. It's, it's a lot of what we've just been talking about and I'll go back to my insurance days, right? Mm -hmm. Before I could become an independent broker, because really, you, if you don't have any experience in the industry, you're not, you don't really have the ability to go and be in an independent broker. You right, got to start with sure. a state farmer or farmers or a captive company. Uh, and one of the pluses to doing that is uh, the training that you're going to receive from those companies. They, they put a lot of training into their, their employees and their agents. And, uh, you know, what you'll see happen is just what we talked about. A lot of times they'll tell you what to do and how to do it. And it's a proven model. These companies have been around for hundreds of years. They have thousands of agents. And the ones that are successful and make it are the ones that take the plan that they gave them and said, hey, all right, you want to be successful? Do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. and continue to repeat that. And and those are the ones that actually are successful. And then there's another half of the crowd, if not more, that think they need to recreate the wheel or they feel like oh, it can't be that easy like right. us as human beings we, we want to take the simple and we figure if the simple works well if we make it a little more complex then it must work even better <laughs> right and it's you're absolutely right so keep it simple like don't recreate the wheel 
um, find somebody that has the success that you want in the area that you're in and model them. If you don't have the million dollar company with the, the million dollar training behind you, like go find somebody that's a little bit ahead of the game of you and model them, like get to know them, um, figure out a way to, to get into their world and learn from them and, uh, and just repeat the system that's already there. You don't have to go and create something new. Don't go and create something new. I couldn't agree more. I went over that in a, in a podcast episode the other day. It's, it's small steps consistently and uh, find somebody that's more successful than you and uh, emulate what they're doing, man. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Nate, Nate Bailey, leadership coach, tell us real quick about your book and about your website and where we can find you and follow along with you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The best place to follow me, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but go to my website, natebailey.org, and mm-hmm. you can connect with me on my on social media. You can you can get a free copy of my audio book right there, uh, completely free. Um, you can you know check out my podcast. You can check out my different programs like CL24, the three-day experience that I do. Everything you need to know about me uh, inside of what I'm up to as a coach and and really in life because I you know I share a lot of what I I do whether it's the races or whatever uh-huh. it is that I'm up to right there at natebailey.org. Excellent. So you heard it here first, guys. Go and uh, check out Nate's stuff and uh, maybe even sign up for yourself and get you some of his uh, 24. Uh, champion 24 leadership uh, coaching over there and uh, Nate it's been a huge huge pleasure talking with you today man I really appreciate you taking time out and uh, I love watching what you're doing I'm looking forward to uh, attending one of your challenges myself in the not too distant future my friend so uh, thank you so much for being on the show Guys, thank you for listening. I want to thank you all for taking time to hang out with us. You can check us out over on Instagram at Small Business Surgeon. And don't forget to do me and Nate a favor and uh, leave a review for this show over on iTunes. All right, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.